welcome to the Barcoding Podcast. In this podcast, we like to share our knowledge as software developers we have during our Friday night talks. I'm Arnaud Rijpkema. And I'm Pauline van Ost. And today we're going to talk about code quality. In, in every podcast, we start with, uh, with uh, always with the same thing, and that's uh, our fun and inspiring fact. So, Pauline, what is your f- fun or inspiring uh, fact? Yeah, um, that's a, a good one. I had to think about it a bit because uh, sometimes while I'm working, I think, oh, that's something I need to talk about during the podcast, and then I forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the fact that I had in mind was, like, uh, I think two weeks ago, uh, together with a colleague uh, at uh, at the client, uh, we wanted to we had a hack day and we wanted to investigate um, a framework such as Micronaut and um, Micronaut and Quarkus, um, and I really liked how we did it because we wanted to investigate both and to see the pros and cons of both. Uh, uh, frameworks and what we did is that I started rewriting one of our servers to uh, Micronaut and my colleague did the same but with Quarkus and then we started to exchange uh, what we discovered to each other uh, so um, and and I really liked the way how we worked like uh, how we defined some steps that we could uh, start uh, researching in the frameworks then we implemented those steps and then we came back to each other uh, in a call and we just discussed about our findings and our learning so uh, we could compare the frameworks and yeah it really inspired me in, to dive into frameworks in such a way um, and maybe we will choose one of them maybe none of them uh, we will see of course okay. we're still investigating a bit but uh, okay I, nice yeah w- which one do you somehow li- it was a sp- which one do you like the most um yes maybe i'm a bit biased there because i investigated micronaut and i pretty like i actually really like the um, the documentation and uh the solutions that they did actually i discovered that they tried to improve how uh, annotation work uh, so um yeah they, they find another way to make them work instead of using a lot of reflection um they try to yeah uh, modify the code compile time which which can also some uh, advantages so i like the fact that finally a framework is thinking in a different way about annotations um so i like i really like that um but i still want to look at the compiled code of quarkus to compare them really well what what they're doing with the code and with the application uh, yeah, and investigating a framework until the compiled code, that's something I really like. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> Going all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, what inspired you uh, lately, the last weeks? Yeah, for me, I'm I'm finishing my current assignment at, at Malmberg. And for mm-hmm. me, it's uh, uh, the, the new colleague started who, who, who's going to replace me. And yeah, uh, it was fairly easy to onboard him uh, into our project, which is, okay. was nice because when I started two years ago, uh, uh, we always love, we make make uh, make a little joke, but uh, th- then uh, a guy who came in in the first uh, week uh, got a headache of the whole project because it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was incredibly big and uh, 
very complex to know anything about and, and now we onboarded him in like two weeks so without any headache wow. so that's that's nice and really wow. a compliment for the work we did at, at the project for two years so i'm yeah, yeah wow i'm pretty proud of all that that he he managed to uh to get in the project for really fast actually wow well you should be proud of it i think um and because it's a big achievement it's always a big challenge to introduce people to your project. So what are the, 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 like the, the key takeaways about how to onboard someone on a project? Yeah, uh, for me, and that, this is really nice because we are going to talk about this, this podcast. I, I think uh, code quality is really important. Okay. Uh, we, we focused yeah. a lot of uh, uh, on, on um, code quality and we, we try to improve every time we make something, we wanted to make it better and less complex and uh, yeah, improve it actually. And yeah. I, I think that's one of my b uh, big t takeaways is that you should take care of your code quality, which improves the, the work, uh, uh, decreases the complexity of, of the whole code base and makes it way easier for people to, uh, to understand your project and onboard uh, way faster. And that's, yeah, that yeah. was one of my major uh, takeaways on, on that uh, part. Uh, that's definitely a big compliment on the work you did the uh, past two years. But also, I find it always a big challenge to, to write, like, um, getting started guides. You always uh, get mad at yourself once, and then you rewrite the whole getting started guide, and then it gets outdated before someone starts on the project. <laughs> so did you have some kind of getting started guide? Yeah, we in we such have a way? yeah we have one, and actually the, the the guy who will be using it last will edit the uh, will edit all the improvements. So uh, if there are uh, yeah. yeah major things, we add them ourselves. But um, mm. we always ask the 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 last person who uh, went through the whole guide uh, to edit everything. Mm. We give them complete freedom yeah. of that. They don't have to uh, discuss it with us. It's like. Here, just edit and and add the stu uh, the steps uh, necessary you found out on the way and changed during the time. So yeah. I think that's all also a good thing to ask the one who was last yeah. to uh, to improve it again. Oh, that's a good one as well. Yeah. So now we are uh, going to talk about the main subject, uh, code quality, but maybe it's nice to start off with what actually is code quality to us. So Pauline, what's, what's for you uh, code quality mean? Uh, that's a good thing. I think uh, you said it just spot on. I think uh, code is uh, just um, is of good quality. Uh, when it's simple. It's, I think, the biggest challenge that we face during our daily work is to write simple code. Um, once because we we want to to puzzle, like that's, that's something we like as software engineers, so we actually like to write complicated code because then we feel uh, good about ourselves and we feel intelligent, but I think the very smart way to write code is to write the simplest code that solves the problem. 
and that's that's a big big challenge always um I think also, uh, yeah, so it should be simple one, so simple in the domain design and simple in the algorithm. Um, but it should also be well written, um, like you would write a book. So the story that the code is telling you uh, should, be compre uh, should be understandable by everyone in the team. Um, and the next engineers coming up. Uh, so those are two things that I keep in mind when uh, I have code quality and of course obvious things like secure code and stuff like that. But those two things that it should be simple and understandable, that's, that's so, so important for me. And that's the thing that I would be focusing on uh, mainly. And, and, and you? Yeah, yeah, for me, it's also a clean, uh, maintainable code. But also for me yeah. personally, uh, code formatting is also really important. To have the yeah. formatting rules uh, within the code that there's a standard rule set with formatting, so it's it's. I think it makes it makes it easier to to read the code if it's well formatted and uh, easy to understand. Yeah. And and me. True. It makes it less sloppy. Yeah. Mm. And also for me, a good indication of of maintainable code is also somebody took really care of it and handled it like they wanted to. Uh, publish it to somebody else and show it show it off like this is a nice piece of code and that's yeah that's something I personally use uh, for for indication of good maintained code is, is the, mm -mm. the love for the code enough yeah oh that's a good good point as well yeah good one yeah so and, and do you oh yeah, yeah. go on no uh, ah <laughs> Yeah, no, the formatting is also a, somehow a challenge. Like there are always discussions like should you use two spaces or four spaces or tabs or whatever. Uh, but I think formatting is the thing that I would, uh, how do you say, um, complain less about it. I, I won't have an opinion about it as long as it is consequent throughout the whole code base. So yeah. I don't care how it is formatted. As long as it is formatted, I don't know how you you think about that. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. I I don't, but yeah, it doesn't matter how much spaces or anything. Just mm. there should be a guideline for formatting, and everybody should use them. And that's basically yeah. what I want. It doesn't matter if it's two spaces, four spaces, uh, space be, uh, between the if statements, anything else. If <laughs> if as yeah. as a team you can agree on something, I think that's important. And then those rules yeah. should be uh, applied on formatting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about uh, what co uh, clean and maintainable code or code quality is to us. Uh, but then there's the important how, how, how do we use those things and uh, um, how do we uh, enforce rules and, and what do we think is important to drill down a little bit in, in how do we get to clean, maintainable, high code quality. Um, yeah. yeah so so what, what's for you like one of the most important steps? Um on how to uh, implement code quality. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I, I would uh, state the obvious uh, is about implementing uh, some kind of sonar. 
I guess, to automate it. Uh, but that can be some that would be stating the obvious maybe because that's uh, integrated in a lot of uh, projects. A project I'm working on, we didn't have an automated sonar uh, test uh, until a few uh, few weeks weeks ago. Um, and then I think code reviewing would be the most important thing to guarantee any code quality. And I think that's the most basic uh, thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. that stop. Uh, yeah. 1.0 of your code quality assurance yeah. and and for for sonar i also used it and um, uh, i think it's really nice to have like a rule set and how did you uh, use it did you use the default or did you change anything to the rule set uh yeah good point um when a few companies ago we had a rule set that was imposed by the company uh, and then suddenly they decided that all teams could uh, think about their own code set, uh, rule set. And what we then did is that we had a look through the rule set with all the team, uh, really rule by rule, I think, yes. And we discussed the rules and uh, we changed it a bit. We tailored it to uh, our needs of the code base. We also went through the suppressed warning annotations. <laughs> <laughs> See, why are they used and... Are they used in a fair uh, fair way uh, and then maybe suppress uh, the rule? Add new rules as well. We added new rules as well into um, to the profile. But I think the standard Java or Kotlin profiles are, are, are fair enough. And they exp ex yeah, the, the, the rules are very well explained there. Um, and then you can always enhance it or tailor it to, to, to your service. And... How did you do it? Because I'm always yeah. wondering. Uh, yeah, we we did the same. Uh, yeah, or actually, we started with the default Java uh, configuration, and we also had a discussion mm. on every rule, uh, where we, uh, yeah, we basically went through it and discussed it with with the whole team, to uh, mm -hmm. to have our own little rule set because I I think that's important to tailor made it to your team because you always have like different rules and and different preferences. So I, I think it's yeah. nice to tailor those uh, uh, code analysis tools to your specific needs as, as a team and not only do it from the organization point of view, which which is maybe set baselines and we use the Java rule set uh, as a baseline, but maybe you have a company baseline. But I think it's important to have a discussion specifically with your team about those rules and if you like it or dislike it. Uh, yeah. And also, um, when we have a specific rule, we always, uh, uh, when we um, think it's not necessary anymore, we just discuss it in the team. When do we think it's important? Uh, and if it's not important, we just remove it because we don't. We only yeah. want rules that we uh, really want and agree with, and not have like rules we always have to ignore. So that's yeah. That's for me how we we handled the the static uh, code analysis part yeah and i think like the discussion part that you name here is very very val valuable when you have those discussion about your rules uh, the rules will live in your team right so everyone will act by them and understand them so even the junior that still has a lot to learn will learn a lot about it but also the seniors that uh, that are maybe a bit uh, getting sloppy because they're coding too long they will get reminded about it so i think that's just and everything in between those. I think that that's a really good point that you discussed there. It's very valuable to discuss those uh, rules. And do you discuss them regularly or? 
yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think just at, we're now at a point that it's like uh, pretty mature our rules. So now we only yeah. discuss it when uh, something we meet something we want to change. So it's not regular yeah. anymore. But uh, in the beginning we had like a weekly meeting with all developers, and that was one of the points we discussed it there uh, to change the rule set and get it better and better. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that's a good, even a weekly meeting. That's that's really good actually. I think I think it's so important that to keep talk about the code quality. Yeah. And also one thing we we noticed that we uh, really liked uh, to have the the rules enforced by like an application because we could um, blame the application instead of like the the the, <laughs> the annoying pro programmer who wanted to change anything and uh, wanted to enforce yeah. the rules and that's also one thing I really like to have like an application punishing everybody not only being the <laughs> The, the annoying programmer complaining about the other ones, but that was one thing yeah. I really liked. It's a third-party judge, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can discuss yeah, the rules and, and, not, and blame the judge and change the rules yeah. and not... Uh, it's like uh, one, one guy in the corner complaining and the other guys complaining about him. And that's not yeah. a good yeah, um, sure. cooperation within the team. I really liked it. It helped us oh, cool. uh, in that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you talked a little bit about uh, code reviewing. That's also important for uh, code quality. Uh, yeah. Maybe uh, it's nice to talk a little bit more about code reviewing because I I think it's a really important subject and uh, people are maybe struggling with it and maybe we can help them out a little bit to improve their uh, code review. So, um, what is for you a good quality uh, pull request? Uh, so I guess we're talking here about uh, the point of view uh, when you open a pull, uh, pull request. So yeah. I open a pull request, what do I like about a good pull request? Um, yeah. I think um, uh, what I started to do lately is to uh, put always a description into my pull request. Um, when it's only a pull request for one line of code, I might not be doing that. But uh, when it's a bit more, I will give some descriptions to my um, to my reviewers. Uh, I don't want them to change the environment and to look up uh, the story and then go back to the pull request. I don't. I want to avoid that uh, context switching. In application, I put a description uh, in it. Um, that's the first thing I, I do actually when I start my pull request. Um, and then I, I want a clean and neat uh, pull request. I don't want to put comments like uh, there are unused uh, import statements, uh, unused variables, stuff like that. Um, I'm okay with uh, helping out people with uh, spelling mistakes, typos. That's, that's okay because sometimes you don't read them. But uh, the easy things, optimizing your imports, optimizing your variables, um, your formatting, those are really important. Um, when I get the feeling that someone didn't go through their changes before sending out a pull request, then uh, I get annoyed a bit. So um, I think it's important yeah. that you can really see that someone took care of yeah, cleaning up the code. Um, and I think that's also really important. That makes it a good uh, pull request. And sometimes it can be that you're a bit doubting about your code or your solution. Um, then I really appreciate that someone stay, uh, put a comment themselves there, like, uh, 
I know this is sloppy, a sloppy part. I don't know how to improve it. Can someone have a look? Stuff like that. I'm fine with it. Ah, cool. That's actually yeah. something I didn't think about doing myself. That's oh. that's a really nice thing to uh, to to start doing because I I can totally agree with with sometimes you have like a thing you you yourself are not really fond of or you you think yeah there's something itching there yeah. and I think it's nice to to open up the discussion up front in that way that you can have the discussion on that comment yeah sometimes it's good to have the discussion sometimes I uh, don't do it <laughs> because I want to see if other people I want I make an experiment out of it. I want to see if other people see the awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. And if they don't, I always like uh, guys. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure this is not awkward? But um, yeah, sometimes it's uh, I do some kind of experiment there, uh, trying to see if they see the awkwardness as well. And but sometimes I really feel ashamed about it. And I'm like, okay, now I'm, now I'll be uh, I'll be asking uh, them what what they think about. Um, yeah, that's uh, that. Those are my important things, and um, yeah, and uh, personally, I tend to open also the code into the editor, not only in the Git client. Uh, just to go through a bit into the editor to to see a bit more about how the code looks looks in looks like in the application. Yeah, and um, what do you think? What's in your point of view a good pull request, and what are your good practices when you open one? Yeah, yeah, for me, it's uh, make it as small as possible, but it should mm -hmm. be uh, like a functional piece of code, but try to keep it really small because when I, 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 I always try to make the pull request as nice for the reviewer as possible. So that, yeah. that's basically the, all the things I do uh, are in, in that way that I will do it. Yeah. Uh, I think the most important in the pull request is to mention the story you're using. So um, mm. mention the, the ticket numbers and see the description. I, I, I think you a little bit disagree on that point, but okay. I think it's important to already have that information somewhere. That's for me okay. the most important. And and, and depends on the team, the, the team, if you want to have it all in Jira or in a pull request, because I think if you also putting it into your pull request, uh, you have like a double administration of everything. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. And that's something I tend to uh, don't do. Uh, but what is your uh, moment of reviewing them? Because I started doing that because we were, um, we are sharing our uh, pull request links through Slack. Like who can review this? And then someone clicks on that link. <laughs> And then someone asks, oh yeah, what was the story again? Um, yeah, uh, that's how our process works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, um, uh, we always have, uh, yeah, we try to have a, t a ticket we're working on uh, in Jira. Uh, yeah. And, and every pull request should mention a ticket in Jira. So okay. uh, we always have the description of the Jira ticket, which is the Jira number. Uh, yeah. And with Bitbucket, it's really nice because they have a good integration with uh, Jira. So you can yeah. open the ticket from the pull request. You can just uh, uh, push on the on the ticket number, and then it will open the ticket in Jira. Yeah, and uh, in that yeah. way, you always know the functional changes or the the requirements of of the change are. 
So that's our way to to link those two together. Yeah, I always I always commit also with the uh, Jira number in it, so that even uh, when people are going through the change uh, history, they can see uh, at which uh, ticket it was linked. So that's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, we're talking now about code review, and I maybe have a oh, no. um, and I was talking I think about commit messages, but I sometimes also look at the commit messages of my teammates, <laughs> and I would so be so happy if I could just review them as well <laughs> because they're so important for future debugging. Um, so I try now to spread the word of good commit messages. So people, <laughs> when you're writing a good commit message, don't say, this took me a long time. That's not a good commit message. Yeah. Or, oh, that code was so bad. There's also sometimes a commit message. No, that's not good. Try to explain what you did, why you did it. Or not even explain what you did, because that's obvious by the code change, but why you changed something. So that when you're debugging debugging and go back into time, you can try to understand why someone did it. Some people always also only commit on their Jira number. That is so very information is so lazy. <laughs> so uh, if we could only change commit messages, I would be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I can I can agree. I, I think I I used to be one of the guys that that only did like the the build is taking very long fix the build yeah. fix this but uh, yeah 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 uh, okay. and now I'm I'm starting to to try to use the the why and I I can see really why it's important because uh, uh, yeah you want to have a clear history of every change and and with those yeah. stupid commit messages or small commit messages it's really difficult to find out anything about what in the hell the other guy wanted to fix with this. Exactly, yeah. The aim is not always clear through the code. And even when you're trying something out, uh, yeah, you should, I don't know, trigger the build shouldn't be a commit message. It should be just be, just be forbidden. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and maybe we talked about how we open or what we like in pull requests, what are yeah. tips in executing code reviews as a, as a reviewer? As a reviewer, yeah. Um, good one. Um, I'm sometimes a lazy uh, reviewer. Sometimes I I find myself in like, okay, this looks nice code, fine, I will approve it. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's have a look at this uh, pull request. What's, what's are the important things? So I would first ask myself the question like, can I easily understand the code even if I'm not in the context of the story so I try to uh, to, uh, to skip the story in my head and then reread the code a bit to see if I can still understand it if it's simple enough um, then I will ask myself are there any unnecessary steps here is everything really necessary um, that would be question two I would ask myself and then a question three would be to Go through all the test, tested scenarios. Yeah. If I can okay. find other scenarios, uh, maybe I will even think of the scenarios beforehand opening the pull request and then see, uh, check the list. Yeah. yeah. And, and how do you uh, find like all the scenarios and do you really prepare with the ticket or how do you do it? Because I, I think it's difficult to 
to uh, check the the test in in code review yeah. because it's you're far away from the from the ticket sometimes and it's difficult. Yeah, yeah I think actually test scenario should be uh, already clear uh, when starting the story. So uh, during um, refinement, they should be written down. But uh, in my experience, it's always uh, something you forget about. <laughs> Yeah. So um, sometimes I would go back to the ticket, to the Jira ticket, the story. Um, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes I just try to think about, okay, uh, what's uh, the intent of the story, which scenarios should be covered uh, for the user. Um, that's a way to do it. Sometimes I only look to the code. Uh, can I discover a risk of null point exceptions, for instance, or uh, I don't know. Uh, just by looking by the code. Um, I will actually use the tool of IntelliJ to check the code coverage as well, to discover hidden uh, test scenarios. Um, yeah, and we already talked about it in a former podcast. I will also check the yeah the quality of the test. Is the test pyramid like guaranteed some way? Yeah. And I, um, yeah, what's what are the questions you try to ask yourself when you go into a pull request? to review it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, of course, if it's functional, correct? Uh, is this mm. the change doing the thing uh, you're expected to do? Uh, I'm also, yeah, checking for, yeah, formatting errors, but it's, because, because we already talked about it, most of the times I, I tend to uh, keep those in a check style or something else. Yeah. I don't want to check it personally. Because no. I will feel horribly probably at, at it, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. won't have the tool to do it for me. Uh, yeah, and and try to uh, understand it and uh, look if the code is easy and simple. Because yeah. I, I think that's or we said it's one of the most important things to uh, to have it understandable uh, for other people uh, to when they see it. So I, I think at the point of code reviewing. For me, I'm going to try to understand it and make it as easy as possible for me to understand the code. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. I have yeah. That's what what is are the steps for me to do it. Uh, try to um, uh, think about it and uh, re re yeah, make it easier. Try to try to see if there are possible possibilities to make the code even uh, simpler than it is, or just mm. think it's it's good enough. Um, what would be your way of uh, reviewing? Will you um, post comments into the pull request or will you change the code right away? Um, what um, is your method in? Yeah, I, I, we, we tend to use uh, the commenting on code now. Mm -hmm. But uh, but for small things, I sometimes change it myself. If it's like a really small uh, mistake or typo, I'll do it myself. But to yeah. change the structure, if I'm making bigger changes, I, I don't like uh, doing it on my own because I want no. to have the discussion with, with the developer who made that decision uh, beforehand because he had a reason to do it uh, yeah. like that. And I then tend to have a discussion with comments or if it's really major, I, I try to call call the developer and have an open discussion with him because yeah. I, I think also uh, comments are yeah dangerous because some 
people will misunderstand your uh, emotion and uh, behind yep. it and that's really difficult so i with bigger the bigger changes i, I tend to uh call or have a direct uh uh link with the with the one who opened the pull request oh that's a good one that's something i should do more actually yeah i also when i'm using the comment method which i prefer because i want someone to learn from uh review as well um, I also try to make some compliments, but I should do that more um, because we we just I also uh, notice it when we were discussing about how do we do a pull request. We're always looking for errors or um, uh, how do you say incompleteness. But you should actually mm -hmm. also look at the good things, right? Because uh, uh, that's also important. Someone put their yeah, at least work in it, and maybe their heart and soul. So <laughs> you should also. I try to look at um, at the good things and and sometimes give a compliment into a comment, maybe. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's it's really a important. Very, very good point, actually. To have also have positive comments. I, I will also yeah. tend to only have the negative points and like change this, change this, change this. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very very good point. Also, be positive about changes and not only in the top comments say it looks good only this but <laughs> li like make compliments it's true yeah i just and, uh, remarked it uh, i think uh, last week or two weeks ago um a colleague of mine he put a pull request which was really good it, it took him a lot of work and he, he really put a lot of work in it and, and then i surprised myself that i was uh, only making uh, comments about the uh, complexity of the code while he was the first one who made out of himself some good documentation about his code <laughs> and i was like okay but i should really tell him that that was so so good it made me really happy when i opened the pull request and if i only start writing like this variable should be a constant and this should be a blah 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 and this should be then he would never know that i was so happy to see that he wrote the documentation so and then i I wrote the whole compliment down and then I thought to myself, I should do that more often because otherwise it can be, yeah, so discouraging when you, you open a pull request and you're only waiting for people to complain about your work. Nah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. Uh, I, I think we, we talked about code review. Maybe go back yeah. to code quality again. Uh, yeah. Because we talked maybe, in my opinion, a bit about writing our own code, but... How do you go on with code quality in older code? So like yeah. you already have a function with, with old code. Do you, yeah. what, how do you approach that in, in code quality sense? Yeah, that's a hard part. I think when I started in my career, I wanted everything to be as good as it should be. When you write a, when you read a book about code quality, you know the rules. <laughs> And then you want every every code base to be in such a way. And when you open an old code base, you discover that none of that is true. Uh, <laughs> and then you want to change the whole thing, which which is never good to do. Um, so as I just said, when I'm looking to code quality and to older code uh, bases, I always aim at code uh, consistency. I rather have it bad but consistent all the way through, than have it good and inconsistent, good in several ways and inconsistent. Um, so the first thing I would do when it's not really neat, uh, 
to search at least for one solution that can be consistently implemented everywhere and then build from that. Um, and I think that's the most important thing because if everything is consistent then the changes towards quality are, are very easy to take. Uh, that will help and uh, yeah, old code bases where a lot of changes happened on it uh, under high pressure always contain long methods somehow cutting up uh, pieces of code just something we forget about when we're under time pressure so that that would be the second step that uh, I always tend to, to make like cutting up the pieces of code to try to demystif yeah, demystificate it yeah and, and uh, but how do you find time for it? Do you have do you always ask the your product owner? Can I have some time to improve it, or do you uh, have something else? Yeah, we actually now as we speak are refactoring a surface, <laughs> um, so we explicitly ask the product owner for it. Um, but we cut it into stories that are really confined and each story will be improvement of their own so if he uh, decides that some uh, something else is more important than the refactoring of the code and at least the finished stories did their work um, so um, i'm always into uh, yeah i think discussion with myself and with my teammates on what is important uh, what's the best way to do it I think it's always important to let your product owner know that refactoring is a fact. You should always refactor. Uh, maybe 20% of your uh, work, maybe 10, maybe 30, whatever it's needed. Um, because otherwise the problem will only get bigger, bigger and they should really be aware of it. That's a fact, so I would never do it without uh, discussing it. But sometimes it's really easy just to apply the Boy Scout rule. Just do it along with a story. It's always the <laughs> a big thing. Yeah, but I think you should always discuss about it. How do you try to solve those uh, challenges? I, I, I think probably the same. And for me, the most important, you tackled the Boy Scout rule. Maybe it's good to explain it a little bit. But uh, yeah, as, as, a, as a Boy Scout, you always want to yeah, improve a little bit of, of the code. So only do yeah. it in small steps near the code you are already changing. So uh, I really like that. So... Uh, I always try to improve it just a little bit. And with every step and every commit, mm -hmm. you, you make smaller changes and eventually it will get bigger and bigger. But yeah, as you mentioned, sometimes there are like the bigger changes. You, al or, uh, you always have to communicate that with your manager or, or product owner uh, yeah. to uh, get some time to improve it because it's really important in the, in, in the long term to to also mm. improve your old code base and don't leave it uh, away in the, uh, getting dusty in a corner. But I think also that's important to uh, get time for your for the, for those changes. Yeah, true. And um, it's a really uh, important thing also about Boy Scouting rule, I think, is that the changes that you do under the hood of a Boy Scout uh, change should be small. Because yeah. it's really dangerous to say, I want to leave it cleaner behind than I found it, and then refactor a lot. Now, I think the, 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 elegance, uh, the elegance of a Boy Scouting rule is that you make really small improvements each time you leave the code base. Uh, so either cleaning up your unused imports, uh, removing outdated comments, all those stuff do matter. 
they really improve your code base. They, they really improve your code quality. They might feel a bit small and maybe when you're an inexperienced developer, you have the feeling that you're not improving so much the code base by doing those things, but they are so, so important to uh, to keep on the clean work, right? So even yeah. those changes can be very important uh, to maintain a neat uh, code base. Yeah, uh, that's, that's so true. Yeah. yeah so uh, we discussed it on, on how we can uh, improve or check our uh, code quality but like always there are boundaries we yeah somewhere we have to stop this because we can't go yeah. on and on with improving our code quality because we have to um, deliver also functionality to our customer which is also really important so how do you tackle those boundaries and where do you stop uh, yeah improving or uh, tackling code quality yeah, I think uh, there's always a, a big uh, thing. I think uh, uh, we, uh, as I just stated, we are now refactoring a service, uh, which I didn't really want to refactor it, although I wasn't really happy about the code quality there. Um, but then uh, one of our managers asked us, uh, are you okay with bringing this code to production? And then the answer was no. Uh, the answer was yes, actually. Oh, sorry. The answer was yes. We were okay by bringing it to production because we knew the service was okay, that the tests were okay. Um, so our answer was yes, and that was for me a reason not to change it before the deadline of going live. And then he asked her, uh, us, um, are you okay with fixing a bug there? And then everyone said, no, <laughs> no, we're not okay with fixing a bug. We won't even touch the code. And then, yeah, that was a point where I realized, okay, we need to change this. Um, so that I think those are the questions you should ask yourself, like uh, when to refactor, when not. Uh, sometimes uh, it's difficult, but sometimes we should be okay with sloppy code. Just uh, yeah, be, in practical point of view, you need to go live sometimes. You need to uh, keep your business happy. Um, those are really important things. Um, we can't always deliver the most beautiful code, unfortunately. Uh, so there's always a trade-off. Um, yeah, if you don't want to fix any bugs in it, I think that's a really good measure to say, okay, we need to improve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good one. Actually, yeah. I, I didn't think of that one because it's yeah, that's a really nice thing to to check. Um, yeah, that was really an enlightening fact. What, what's for you? How do you handle the trade-off? Uh, uh, yeah deliver features and deliver a clean code base yeah it's yeah, it's like always for me uh like i put it on on a scale i, I try to tend to uh check if it will be a lot of time to improve it and also check the benefits so i will may make a way in of the the benefit uh, against the time it will take me to improve it uh hmm. and yeah at some point i i I try to yeah, just push it and, and for me the most important thing uh, I personally have to be proud of the code I make because when, okay. when I'm yeah. already annoyed about it it's like a no-go <laughs> for me it, if, oh, wow. yeah, 
I, I try to le yeah, leave it as good as possible for someone else. So if I, I didn't take care of it and were sloppy, like maybe mm -hmm. like you said, I, for me, it's very difficult to push code like that. I really try to, uh, to have it as good as possible and understandable for someone else, because I, I think, uh, uh, giving attention to code quality and having it good, it's like, uh, in the long run, you will, uh, do you will get your benefits on short term it's difficult but on the long term it's uh it, it gets way and way better yeah yeah so f for me actually sometimes maybe the conclusion for me is i'm all or um i'm searching for those boundaries <laughs> i don't really <laughs> yeah, yeah. know when to stop no no it's so hard because i know that sometimes um you need to be practical about it so you need to say okay now it's good enough now we're going to production and then sometimes it goes back to your face. You're like, ah, oh, I should have fixed that. Now we have a bug. Now customers are unhappy. I knew it back then, but I wanted to be practical. I, I didn't want to listen to that inner voice that tells me to make the, the best code ever. Uh, and then uh, I'm always like, oh, next time I should be doing it better. And the next time I want the code to be as perfect as it can be. And, and it takes a lot of time. I'm never sure about it. Um, so it's always such a difficult trade-off, but yeah, you're good point. You, we should start with, are we proud ourselves about the code that we're pushing? And I think that's a really good measure as well. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah, maybe that's a, a good conclu uh, conclusion to, uh, end, uh, this podcast. Uh, and maybe something we, um, we want to ask you is to, to share this podcast with friends, family, colleagues, and everybody, maybe to. Yeah, just share that we have, uh, we think, a cool podcast. So if you all yeah. also like it, uh, please share it with friends and family. And yeah, and, and of course, give us some feedback as well. So we uh, can improve the quality of our podcast as well. <laughs> Not <only> improving <laughs> yeah. our code quality. Yeah, but share it on, on the socials. Fe feel free to, to share it uh, everywhere where you can. Um, we would be yeah. really happy about that. Yeah, so true. So... Uh, Thank you for listening and uh, goodbye to see you next time. See you next time, guys. Bye.